Tell me, uh, when it go live? It's going live already? Oh, it is? Okay. You sent it to them? Okay. Okay, good morning. So, continuing from uh, last week, I spoke, uh, began speaking about Seder Stauslus, which is sometimes referred to as the cosmic order. Seder as an order and cosmic as covering all the cosmos, all the levels. Maila, Maila, Adlamata, Mata, from the highest to the lowest. And it's essentially really the framework and the very fabric of what structure means. You see, when, uh, before you learn Chassidus, or in general, before you think about uh, Ruchnizdika matters, spiritual matters. We look at the world, the world is a structured world. There's nothing that appears not structured. Everything. Daimim, Tsemeya, Chaim, Medaber, Zman, Mokim, time, space, Mailumatok, Dimo, Ichur. Everything has its place. And this is both in the macrocosm of the entire world, the entire universe, every planet, the sky, the earth water, land, and also in the microcosm, which is the human being, that our entire being is based, based on structure. If you in any way would uh, suspend the structure or somewhat compromise it, that would be called destruction. Because, what, because if you eliminate the structure in any way, God forbid, if food goes down the windpipe, for example, that can be dangerous. If, the la if water suddenly crosses its boundary and floods the earth like a tsunami, that's uh, destructive. So everything we know is based on structure. The reason I'm making this point is because a big part of understanding Siddhis and learning it is to realize that you're being, we're being introduced to new dimensions of reality and higher levels of consciousness that allow us to look beyond just structure. And it's important to state because when you don't know the Hagbalas that we have, that's called the stereotypes, or the limited perspective we have on our own, you sometimes try to fit the new ideas into your old framework. That's the nature of a human being. You learn something new, you fit it into your structure. I think I mentioned this once, um, it was uh, one of my shpim in Olatera. He heard me speak about something, and I said, you have to, we have to learn how to teach children, or the young students, I should say, when they start learning chassidus, to realize that chassidus is not nigla. You know, a guy told me once, a uh, shliach, who's an educated guy, so I said, so what, are you, what have you learned in yeshiva? He tells me, I learned lamates malachas and esesviris, all in one uh, breath, like a bunch of numbers. 39 malachas, 10 sefiris. So this mashpia called me, he said, would I mind giving a, like a type of introductory talk to the Talmidim, a mesifta, 15-year-olds. Um, is that mesifta? I don't even remember. Shir Aleph, I don't even know the, I'm a long time away from that part of my life. But a component, say, so came to my house, he brought about 20 guys, maybe 25. They're sitting at my table, so I decided to do an experiment. You know, let's do it with an experiment, a demonstration. So I went and took out an apple from the refrigerator, and I put it on the table, and I said to the bochrim, I said, so tell me, how many apples could fit on this table? So there's a smart guys, and they said, okay, let's measure the apple. The apple is what, 
two inches, whatever it is, then let's estimate the size of the table and how many apples fit on the table. Whatever, 500 apples, 400 apples, it doesn't even matter. The point is, there's a certain amount that can fit on the table. So then I said to them, let's say another question. How many ideas, how many ideas and concepts can fit in your brain? Remember, a brain is like the size a little more larger than the palm of my hand. A brain fits in your head here. A brain is smaller than the table. And uh, so how many ideas can fit into the, on the ta- on the, in your brain? In your, and um, so obviously they didn't think about it. They right away went into like, they started saying, okay, so I said, so how big is an idea? If an apple's two inches, how, how, much, how about an idea? So they never thought about conceptual space or time because no one ever brought it up to them. And children don't think like that. We think, children think in very tangible terms. So then they came, took a little while for them to figure out that an idea doesn't occupy space as in inches or feet. And the brain, even though it's a physical brain, it's not just ideas fitting into a brain like apples on a table or, or, uh, or, or a bottle of milk in a refrigerator, but rather that, that the brain can occupy, and no one even knows the number. Is it billions of ideas? Is it trillions of ideas? No one even knows. All the scientists in the world still don't know. Some say it's, it's, it's almost unlimited. Can't say it's infinite, but it's definitely beyond. So how do you explain that? So you have to, you're forced to suddenly understand what's called mokim ruchni, spiritual space, or conceptual space. And that alone tells you that esesfiris and lametes malachas are not the same thing. Because then you start thinking about mokim isman in a different way. Now, it's still not easy to understand. In Ayim Beis, I don't know if any of you have come to this, there's a, a, a very powerful statement that the Rebbe Rashab writes, that b'seich leinu, that's what he says. We can't really understand something that's higher than space. Eichsidus talks all the time about Lamaila Mimokim and Lamaila Mizman. Yeah, we can talk about it. And we can, we can try to figure it out. But to say what means something that doesn't occupy space is very hard to fully, and that's what he writes. Now, the same thing with Zman. We all know the question, why was the world not created earlier? Why was it created? Tovshin pei bei shona, lifnei, 5,782 years ago. So the classic answer brought to Chassidus from the Magid of Mizrich is that Zman Zanivre. And there was no before. So before Breshis Baralakim, there is no, you can't ask before, there was no before. Now can you wrap your head around that? Can you tell me what it was like a second before Breshi's Bara? And no, there's no before. We don't have a concept of no before. So we say it in words, and it sounds like a good answer, but can you really? In other words, could you have existed before Breshi's Bara? Obviously not, because there's no before, so there's nothing there. But at the same time, we say that the Ebrister is precedes creation. So obviously, Kaidim doesn't mean in Zman, it means in concept. My point is that this olive base of chassidus, until you're really challenged, we take it for granted. You start learning my modem, you don't realize that we're fitting all these inyanim ruchnim into our musik, our concept of zman mokim, which is natural. But the point is the exact opposite. The whole point of chassidus is to be mafshit and to help us get beyond our limited time and space. So when we say, for example, hayomim el in the skarim v'nasim. Or that Rosh Hashanah every year recreates what happened the first Rosh Hashanah. That's not, that's Lamaila Mizman. Because Zman, once something passed yesterday, it doesn't exist today in general. Yesterday is yesterday. You can never return to back to yesterday. And yet, Teir and talk about recreating what was there a year ago, two years ago, all the way back. That Zman is like a uh, spiral. So when you look at this, you start understanding Zman and Mokham in a different way. So I go back to what I said before about Seder Stalshlus. Seder Stalshlus is really the, the essence and the framework, as I said, of our understanding of existence. It's the structure. And the structure that the Abish created. It's not a dimion. It's not an illusion. And it's meant to be. There's real purpose to it. 
But never think that's where it begins. That's why there's a whole uh, discussion about Lifnei Tzimtzum and Lamaila Mesedir Shtalshus and Lifnei Sedir Shtalshus to tell us that Sedir Shtalshus is a creation. Just like Breshis Baralakim is a structure. And every day, Yem Rishin and Yem Echad, Yem Sheni, Yem Shlishi, every day has its call Yem of Yem of the visitor. What happened on Sunday didn't happen on Monday. And over Zmane, Bottle Karbone, meaning that every day has a time. And it's Negev and Halacha. You can't bring a carbon yesterday for today. You can't daven today for yesterday. So there's real hagbolas apiteta, not just because we're limited. That's the way the Abishta wanted it. He wanted a structure. But at the same time, understanding the structure, say the Shtalshus, in context of something that's higher is the key because ultimately the goal is going to be the yichud and the chibur of uniting and integrating these two realities. Because if, unless we do that, we ultimately don't have a relationship with Eberster. Because Eberster, even though he created the Shtalshlis, and as, as I've emphasized many times, that is his rotsen. So it's a rotsen atzmi, and it has all those milas, but he wants us to connect to the milam is say the Shtalshlis. So everything ultimately comes down to connecting the protein of the structure of our existence with that which is higher than protein. I just wanted to give that uh, overview, and I'll give an example of why this is so important. That, I talked before about the, the structure of uh, the earth, of the universe, and the structure of the human being. Because always, Mepsari is the best marshal of all, because it's right before you. Your flesh, from my flesh I behold God, from your very flesh, meaning from your structure of your being, you can understand the Ebishter. So what do we see um, even without even deep understanding of things, what do you see when you look at a healthy human body? So the truth is, if you think about it, it's a complete paradox. On one hand, as I just described in detail, your being, your very physical body could not be healthy if it didn't have a structure. If the, if the brain and the heart got all mixed together, and the liver and the kidneys and the lungs, and things did not do their job, and they suddenly decided, let's have an, a, a, it's an organ conference, and we're all going to unite and do, become one, you have destruction. That would be not healthy. Every part of the body has to do its part. You put a piece of food in your mouth, so when you first put it in the mouth, you have to first to chew it and break down the food, then it goes down your esophagus, down your, your uh, throat, then through the digestive system. It's a whole process. And the digestive system expels the waste, and retains the nutrients and turns it into blood. The blood is oxygenized by the lungs. The blood also has to circulate. You breathe in and out, and then you have to uh, eliminate again from the blood the bad stuff and retain the good. I mean, it's a whole process. Most of us are not even familiar with it. We just know it, we take it for granted. In any one step, it doesn't work in the right way, if the structure somewhat gets compromised, we know it can be dangerous. On the other hand, you see a fascinating thing. Everything works together in the most coordinated way. Because if you think each thing, the heart and the brain, or the lungs and the liver, or the other parts of your body, if they're so unique, and they are unique, they're completely different. If someone didn't know what a human being looked like, a Martian came to this earth and saw a dissected body, a bunch of organs, and not put together, you'd never know you can put them together in one machine. And here in the human body, again, the healthy human body, they all work together as if someone's talking to each one of them like a conductor of a symphony that's perfect, seamless harmony. And that too is critical. In other words, both their prat, the hiskalkus that they have, and their hiskalulus, and those are two words that I'm intentionally using because those are the two words that define shtalshlis to the best, in the best possible way. The distinction they have, and at the same time they're working together, which is a paradox. Try to do it. Look, anyone that manages a company knows how hard it is to get different people aligned toward one objective. Ain't they saying shovavas? You could have arguments, disagreements, even if it's not a fight. People have different ways of looking at things. Try it out. Try to uh, bring together five intelligent people and try to create a uh, harmony. It's not so simple. Again, even if there's no uh, negative feelings, because people are different. That's how it is. That's why it's so difficult. And I read somewhere 
Someone said, what is the biggest uh, achievement today in technology? Everybody thinks the answer would be uh, internet, websites, you know, all these technologies. And someone said, no. They wrote that the most biggest chiddush today is FedEx and UPS, if you wish. Now Amazon. Why? Because technology, it's a matter of figuring out how to program something that it should work well. But it's a program. There's no pchira. Once you program something, the program doesn't talk back to you. When FedEx has to ship millions of packages a day, and it has to be delivered by hand, that means you have to coordinate all the, all the, deliver, all the pickups, all the deliveries, all the travel, and you're dealing with literally hundreds of thousands of people. And to have that work in a way that almost every package is delivered on time, that's considered one of the biggest feats in modern, uh, in modern times. Because you're dealing with humans. And once it's humans, to get them all to work together, not because, again, not because they, they don't want to work together, but it's just a fact. You know, this, con- this one comes a minute late, then the whole, the, whole, the whole assembly line is affected. So interesting. So the point I'm making here is that the kitish talshlus is on one hand is chalkus, like what is in the human body, everything in its mokim and its place, and everything has to do what it has to do. If, if for example, as I mentioned before, if the windpipe wouldn't close as you're about the food is about to go down your throat, that's dangerous. So how does it know how to close? That, to close? And if it doesn't open afterwards, you can't breathe. So how does it know to do all this? And just one example among millions. And especially when you think of the, the DNA and the genetic makeup. So, so what you find is this fascinating paradox that on one hand there's a tremendous structure, on the other hand, there's a tremendous coordination and uh, yichud. And that is critical because if you go one or the other, you don't have a dire If you only had tachtenim, loshenabim, and only ischalkos, you wouldn't have Hashem Echad. You wouldn't have the unity of everything directed toward that everything is directed directed toward a goal. On the other hand, if you only had the echad, and everything was just one, you wouldn't have tachtenim, you wouldn't have a structure. So in essence, the challenge is how, then in Seder Stasis, do you do both? On one hand, create such fascinating division, meaning a structure of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of uh, separate entities, diverse entities, at the same time that they all understand they have to work together. Now, obviously, when it comes down to Elam Hazah, Hagashmi, where we are, we have the potential to do that, but it's much more complicated here because of Abkhira, and that's why you see, Taka, the whole concept of Machlekes and divisiveness is a result of Vizchalkus without Vizchalkus. So in that context, I'm going to go, we began last week talking about Odom Kadman, because the first Elam, so to speak, the first domain after the Tzimtzum and the Rishimu and the Kav, the first thing that God creates, so to speak. So I, I began giving a little overview of Adam Kadman or Ak, and um, I want to take it further, and what I'm going to talk about now is this point that I just gave in this introduction, and it's based on, again, I didn't post it, but I'll give you the Marmikamis, the, I mean, there's a lot of Marmikamis on this, but the most fundamental ones that I'm going to use now is... Um, in both in Hemshech Hayim Beis, where he brings together the sugi of Ak from all the different Maimorim of the Alter Rebbe, Mitle Rebbe, Tzemach Sedek, and Rebbe Marash, and um, in Sovei Tofre Shayin Gimel. And the second is the Maimorim of Masay and Dvorim Tofresh. Uh, I'm sorry, Sovei Tofre Shayin Beis. Ayin Beis. And uh, the next is Masay and Ele uh, Masay and Ele Advarim Tofre Shayin Gimel. In the earlier versions, it's all in Chelikal. Today, I think the new edition is probably in different Chalak, I'm not sure. But that's what I'm going to base a lot what I'm saying right now. And as I said, then the Maramikim, as you could see, it's taken is based on Beuri Azeir and other places from Chesidus. And the real question is, what is the role of Odim Kad? And if you didn't have it, what would be missing? Which is always a good, I say a trick, but it's a good way to understand something always ask yourself what would it be if that thing didn't exist let's say if there was no chachma everything started from bina what would be missing or if there's no bina 
So it's a lot easier to understand something when you think of it in the, if it was missing, what would be missing from the whole picture. So in the earlier Chassidus, the Alter Rebbe, the Rebbe, and definitely in Kabbalah, it doesn't always say, the Alter Rebbe sometimes does it, but it doesn't always tell you, it just talks about, let's say, Ak or any other level and tells you what, it's, what it is. But the Rebbe Rashab does speak in those terms, what does it do? That, so to speak, if you didn't have Ak, what would exist, if it, it, what would be missing? So in the first uh, Maimon I just referred to, Savi Ayin Gimel, he asked the question, and uh, that once you know that there's Eden Sof Lifniat Simpson, and we learned about that, I discussed it, that that basically is the air, the field of energy, so to speak, the divine energy that would be the first place where Metzius Nimtze, where Atzimus is built in Metzius Nimtze, manifests in the Metzius Nimtze through air, but air is completely poshed betachlis abshitas, which means it's completely seamless. But at the end of the day, after the Tzimtzum, we talked about the Eagle Hagodl, there is a Makif. It's called Makif Kloli of the Eagle Hagodl, sometimes referred to as Tahiri Law. From the Zoyar I mentioned, Bereshra Munisa de Malka, Golov Galif, but Tahiri Law. That Tahiri Law is usually interpreted as the Ene Sof Lifniat Tzimtzum, what I referred to last week as Atzilas de Klolos. So once you have that, what do you need to have? Ak. What does it accomplish that the so-called makifakloli of the igla godlo tirilo does not accomplish? And for that, and for the record, this level is called tehida tata, ak, generally speaking. So he explains in that Maimon Kisove that um, the makif before the tzimtzum is lemaila meshtalshlus. So it doesn't, even though it's necessary, from the point of view of Das Elian, from the Ebershter, but as far as impact on our existence, it doesn't have a direct impact. Whereas Ak is in Seder Ishtashus, is the beginning of Seder Ishtashus. And he speaks very specific impact that Ak has on our existence. But he first makes it clear the impact, however, is not nirgish by us. We don't feel it. And that's where he brings the famous question, how is it that Ebershter could know Yediyah and Pchira? And the Eberster knows everything. Like it says in the Mishnah, Hakol Tzofoy, Barashus Nesuna, which is all the Mepharshim, it seems like a contradiction. If God knows everything, so how is there a Shus, Bechira, for us to do anything? Whatever we do, God knows already. So he brings there the, the classic answer is that the idea does not affect us because it's on God's terms and it doesn't, doesn't have any impact on us. So in other words, we're choosing at our own volition and the Eberster happens to know what's going to happen. But it's not that his idea affects our Pechira. If the Eberster made a Gzeda and said that you must be, God forbid, a Rosh or a Tzaddik, that would be a Stira to Pechira. But the Eberster knows beforehand what you're going to choose. It's not. So I'm not going to go into the whole discussion. It's a whole other topic. Uh, the Eberster's idea affects us. So, so this explains. No, it doesn't, especially in this moment. It doesn't affect us. Because the Eberster could choose that his idea should not affect. The Rebbe gives an example for it, which is really based on the Raivad and the Rambam that talk about this question. Like, just like a Yedeya Asidus. If somebody happens to be a Novi, or somebody knows the future, does that mean he's affecting the future? It means that the future is affecting his idea, Kedem Hamais. You know, he happens to see what's going to be tomorrow. Just like he, some people know from what happened yesterday, he knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But it's not he's imp- impacting what's going to happen tomorrow. Anyway, I don't want to digress. I know this is a topic of its own and needs to be spoken about. I just want to talk in the context of Ak. So basically what he says there is that Ak is a level, and I mentioned last week, Er Kloli is the Russian that the Alter Rebbe says the Magid would use very often. He said this as Meragle Bepume, Meaning he would, he would say it often that Mak, that uh, Ak is a Ir Kloli. The example being like Moshe Rabbeinu was shown Ad Hayema Achrin. It says Ad Hayama Achrin, Ad Hayema Achrin, which means that he saw everything that would happen in history. But he saw it like a bird's eye view. It would be just like you have a bird that looks down, sees the, something we can't see because we only see the Mokim where we are. Uh, an example I often give for this is, let's say you're um, riding on a boat in a river. So you're on the boat, so you could see the banks of the river. You see what's here, what's here. 
Then as the, bro, as, the, as, the, as the boat continues down the river, what you saw yesterday is already passed. And tomorrow, you don't know what you're going to see until you get there. Now imagine a bird is on your shoulder on, in, the, in the boat. So then the bird sees what you see. But then the bird takes flight and is flying above. It could see what you're going to see tomorrow because the bird has now a bird's eye view. Because it's not just seeing the mokim that is in, the, in, the, in your uh, range of vision. You can see also the, parts of the, the part of the river, down the, down the river, which, which you haven't yet reached to. It's just a dugman. So if you think of the goof as being you on the boat, and the bird like the neshama, in a way the neshama has a vision bigger than just mokim, the moment of, of zman, which is ovar haven osid, or mokim, Mato, this place and that space. Now we don't know that because we don't have eyes of a neshama. But if you think about it, what a real novi is, it's not such a miracle. If a person is able to go to that place, which is Lamailam is Mana Mokim, his looks, they'll be able to see more than what most people see. Just like you say, Ezu So what does that mean? The wise person sees the birthing. Most of us, you look at something, you see what happened. But a smart person understands the teitzos that will come tomorrow. You say, how did he know it was going to be tomorrow? Because he's trained. It's not a miracle. A trained person knows that if you do this today, the consequences will be so and so. It's not that he's machriachit. It's just the way Siba Mesubov works. You do certain things. That's what trained people know. You go to a doctor, as a trained doctor, they'll say, if you behave a certain way, this is going to be the consequences. Now, could it be different? Of course it could be. He's a human being. can make a mistake. But the point is, our wise, experienced people can tell you things because they learn through trial and error what happens when you do A, cause and effect. So in a sense, in the, more in a bigger picture, using that muscle, let's go back to Ak. So Ak is that type of uh, bird's eye view. I mentioned the sacred hakakayel v'skira achas. Ebesh just sees everything in one glance. The Loshen is from Hayyem Yem, that when a leaf turns over, it's Olib Machshav Akdume Da Ak. Why Ak? Why not Achshav Akdume Da Atsilis? Because Atsilis is already in a much more, it's, it's not, in that sense, it's not Skira Achas. Atsilis is already a Ruchnizdika world, but it's a world of, of uh, structure. So Ak is structure as well, but it's the structure that sees everything like a claw. So that's the first point he makes. But then he asks, or then he explains, what impact does it have on us? Okay, fine. The Abishta has this bird's eye view. Moshe Rabbeinu saw to the end of time. Adam Arishan also did. It said Adam Arishan was able to see Most of us can only see a certain amount of space as far as your eyes can see. But these people were able to see a bigger picture. So what might have to us? So he says, so Ak has an effect on us, except again, we don't feel its effect, but, it, but, but the Tetzah you feel. And he gives a few examples of what the effects are. The first is bitl. The concept of bitl in existence, he says, comes from ak. Because ak sees the whole picture and is not therefore de- defined by the details, by, by the klal, in a way, it's, it's mamshich in us also a sense of bitl that our is not kol kule. In other words, if there was no ak, we wouldn't have the union of bitl in existence. Now you can say, isn't that the role of oyr? Yes, that is the role of Eir. But remember, Eir lifniat simtsum is lifniat simtsum. That Eir had to be nisamtsum, be concealed. But la'achrat simtsum, so to speak, you could say Ak embodies the concept of Bittal, and that's why Taka and Ak, the main focus is the klal, not the prat. Ay, it sees everything, but it sees it all, b'skirachas. So Ak's impact on us is the Aved, when we, when we have Bittal, like he gives the example of Hagdomas Naisel and Nishma, that he says, that power comes from Ak. That's one thing he says. The other thing he says, the power of Mesiris Nefesh also comes from Ak. That a person is Mesiris Nefesh, which is not a Pisechel, why would your person give off his life? Now, Mesiris Nefesh, Mesiris Harotzen, doesn't have to mean physical life, it could be person dedication. He says that is, goes against the human nature that a person is, takes care of themselves. Again, comes from the power of Ak. So essentially, the role of Ak in this sense, in the Shtauslis, is it infuses in the structure that will come afterwards. 
all the levels, akudim, nekudim, all the way, all the way to our world, what will happen is that in it is embedded the seed of bittel and a mesidus nefesh. That's the points in Kisove Ayin Gimel, which is quite fascinating because it means, even though we may not know it's coming from Ak, but it means Ak is active in our lives. And if you take away that, you don't have that Yichud Kloli and Bittel and Mesiris Nefesh. So even though I don't think he says it, Befeirish Mamish, but I go back to my introduction today about Ischalkus and Ischalulus, in many ways, Ak creates the ability to have Ischalulus. Because if you didn't have Ak, and you'd, let's say, jump straight from the Kav to uh, Atzilus, or even not Atzilus, Akudim, then you would not have a place where all the protim work together. In Ak, since Ak is like a vision of all of existence, like a bird's eye view, and everything is united there, so then it makes sense that when the structure will begin to emerge, it will be infused with this element, this Nekudis Sakloli that connects it all. Think of it in a different way. I mentioned a, a good dogma for all of this is always the development of a fetus, of a child from the moment of conception to the moment of birth. So at birth we know a child is a full-blown entity, still a, t- a tiny, but everything is there, a healthy child, and, and, and Baruch Hashem, that's the birth of a healthy child. But it didn't begin that way. It began all in one cell. It's one cell. By the time a child, after nine months, you're talking about trillions of cells. They say there's between 35 trillion and 75 trillion cells in the human being. Trillion. It's a pretty big number. They're not even sure what number it is. But it's definitely up there. And it all began with one cell. Like one seed. So you look at a tree that can be a mighty redwood tree. These, 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 these trees that are growing already for a thousand years. And yet it all began with one seed. Why did Abish to make it like that? So the reason is because he wanted Ardus in Ischalkus. He wanted Ischalkus in Ischalkus. And it should make sense. If it right away became a tree, that's a mighty tree, or, or a child was just conceived as a full-blown child, you'd have the Ischalkus. But you need a miracle for it to work together. Since the development of a child begins, everything begins together in one cell, one concentrated nucleus, so then as it, as it splits apart, and the cell will split into two, and then into four, into eight, and ultimately in trillions, all those trillion cells all once one part of one. And since it's part of one, that creates that they all recognize an agdus to listen to each other. That, in a way, is the secret behind how could there be ischalkus in a world of ischalkus, because that's the way the Abish made it, and it makes total sense. So to bring it, push it to a simple example, a simple example. Someone will say a question, people ask a question, how can we expect that there should be world peace? Say, Mashiach will come, like Kina, like Sachrus, like Rav, like Muhammad, like Kina, like Sachrus, Mollah's Dei Sashem, like Rav, like Yashkisu. How is it possible? Ain't they saying Shavas? And okay, that fine. Ain't they saying Shavas? You still could have Vazvav Besufa, you could have Shama and Hillel at peace with each other, even if they disagree. But we see in history, the Ain Day Saint Shavas ended up being far worse than that. The diversity became divisiveness. And divisiveness became Mulchama, which is why in Biyem Shaini of Breshis, it doesn't say Kitev. Because even though it's the Briya of the Ebishter, how could it be not Kitev? Because Begoli, it's a, the birth of Ischalkus, by Yavdel, the Rekia, the Havdola has potential to create machlekas, and that's what the Medrash says. Never a machlekas in Yem Shein. Was there actual machlekas? No, but the potential for machlekas. Yem Shlishi is Teferes, is Kalalus, Kosov Ashlishi, Ashlishi, Bo Kosov Ashlishi, Machriya Beinayim. Between the Shnei Suvim, Machishim Zezah. Machishim Zezah. So, in other words, then you have Huchbal Beikitev. So you could ask a question, if the nature of existence is Ischalkus, and they must have made it that ain't they saying Shavas, people don't have the same opinion, to the point that then you can have called Alan Gvar, whoever's stronger, survival of the fittest, fighting, divisiveness, and war. And this is not a Havim, this is not a Kasal Kedaitech. 
My Sadav, look at history. How many wars have been fought? Between individuals, between communities, and between nations. Thank God, there's less than it was once. So, how could you expect uh, peace? That would be a good question. So the only answer you could have is, it's a miracle. Yehbush will make a miracle. But we all know, in Sem Chanal Anes, and the whole point of is not to rely on miracles. So by but implanting and creating yishtalshus in a way that it all begins with one cell, with one skira achas in ak er kloli, that answers it al piteva. That beetsem people, even though we're divided in the sense we're not say divided, even though we're diverse and different, but we also just as we are built in to have ein day of shavis, we're also built into us a certain achdus, and that's why you see. People can love each other even though they're very different. People could have avas achim. People could have two things for each other that even if it's at their own expense. So at the same time you see people have taka been selfish and they've hurt other people. But you also saw people with unbelievable nobility and self-sacrifice and giving their life for another person. That means because in our nature, that's the key. It's not a miracle. In our nature is taka the element of, the, of, of separation. That's how the Ebrister wanted, like I said, with the human body. But there's also a phenomenal amount of, of, of unity. So the question is not, how is it going to happen? The question is, can we, how do we reveal the inherent Agdus that comes from Ak within Seder Stalsus, or I'm speaking within the human race? You're not looking to achieve something new. You're looking to achieve Bimagala, something that's there already. In other words, people, when they work together, it also serves their self-interest. Many people think, you know, the only way I can satisfy my needs is by stepping on someone else. It's not true. Working with someone, they can help you and you can help them. That's called iskaulos. Each one helps each other. In a healthy marriage, difference between a healthy and unhealthy marriage, a healthy marriage is still two different people. It's not like you find a healthy marriage that people have different, one opinion, but they know how to use their differences to complement each other and grow. In an unhealthy situation, the differences become cause for tension and, uh, and aggravation and ultimately conflict. So it's not like in a, in a healthy marriage, suddenly everybody loses their opinion, there's no more differences. Just like in a healthy body. It's not like every part of the body suddenly loses its identity. That also would be destructive. It has its identity, but also recognizes a deeper element that we mentioned before that Ak introduces called Bittl. Bittl is not a stira to this distinction. Bitl is not a steer to ischalkus. Bitl plus ischalkus equals ischalkus, basically. So Ak introduces the Bitl, the Ardus, and uh, that's the beginning of the whole Seyedishtasha starts with that fundamental state, a unity, one cell. That will ultimately, as it breaks into details, those details will also never forget, and they always remember, they have embedded, so to speak, in their DNA, if you wish, in the very fiber of their existence, the hargosha, the hergish, whether they feel it begali or not, but it's there, that they need to work together. And as I said, the best example is the human body, or nature for that matter. Look at nature. Fascinating how different creatures and different species, but how they also coordinate and work with each other. Okay, so that's a, a summary of Kisove uh, in Bates. I want to go now to... Um, the other two my mother I mentioned, Masi and Dvorim Ayin Gimu. So there, he takes this point and takes it further and asks a question. He says, all the elements of Seydish Talshus all serve one role. Or, I shouldn't say one role. Say one particular objective. And that is to create, to be a mamutza, an interface. Atzilus is an interface between higher than Atzilus and lower than Biyah. So every elem is, a, is an interface. So you ask the question, what is Ak's role as an interface, as a mamutza that's different than Atsilis or other levels in Ishtalsos? So there he says an interesting thing, which I already touched upon, but I want to elaborate more. And he brings the, the Rashi in Bereshis, that the way the Ebishter created the world, like I just said, with a cell, was also the same way. A son of my modest Nivra Elam, but everything was created in, on day one. In Bereshi's Borolakim, which is Nami Maimaru, is a, is a Maimar Kloli, which is, associates with Ak. 
And in it, you have already Biskalos, the whole creation. So what Abishta created in each day of creation was what? He created, he brought up an Aklal El Aprat. So what he discusses there is that the Mamutza of Ak, he says, is not a Mamutza between Lamaila Mishtalshus and Hishtalshus, or a Mamutza between Ainsof and Ivroim, like let's say Atsilus is, and also Atsilus the Klolus, Ainsof before the Tzimtzum. But Ak's role is a Mamutza in existence itself, in Ivroim itself, between Klal and Prat. That's what he explains there in detail. That that uh, that that ak everything is in a form of a cloud, and the worlds afterwards are in a form of a prat. But ak also has pratim, because ak has sviras as well. But they're still all within the cloud. That's what he elaborates there in those maimorim there. So, so it's an interesting point because what he's saying really is that it's not just about connecting the Abishta with elimus and velt, but it's also in elimus itself. You, you constantly have this uh, mamutza at work. So in other words, you don't have to always jump to the to Gvul. Even in the world of Gvul, there's a Gvul that's in a form of a klal, and then there's a form of a prat. And he brings there with Zman Amokim, that I mentioned before. Zman, klal, zman like a klal. Let's say Rosh Hashanah, for example. So we learned that Rosh Hashanah, why is it called Reish Hashanah, not Chilas Hashanah? Because the Reish, like the Reish HaOdom, is kale, is not just the beginning of your body, it also is kale, it's the central nervous system that encompasses your entire being. So the same thing, Reish Hashanah in Zman, is kale, kola Zman of the entire year. That's why every second on Rosh Hashanah is so precious, because it's not just a second, it's a second that encompasses the entire year. You make a achlot on Rosh Hashanah, and your destiny, and the dinu mishpat of Rosh Hashanah is a kola Hashanah kula. So there's a Zman klal, and then the rest of the year is the pratim. So it's like the resh, and then the pratim of the body. And the resh itself is also on that level. So in that sense, ak, you could say, is the resh akloli, or like he calls it, the chachma klolis. So it's just like in every elam, there's chachma of atzilis, chachma of bria, where also chachma is also like a resh, but that's already in the spheres and in each elam. The, the, so to speak, the resh kloli is ak. So it's like the Rosh Hashanah in Zman and Rosh Hashanah in Mokim. Rosh Mokim of all Zman and Mokim. And then he continues and says that there's also Chetzen Yisak and Prim Yisak, which I want to touch upon now. Um, what's the difference between the two? So Chetzen Yisak, like everything again, because a Mamutza has to be powerful and effective, the Chetzen of something relates more to the Prat, and the Prim relates more to the Klal. So, to use uh, an example that he uses there, Keser, you know, has Arich and Atik. Now, Arich is called Reish Hanetzolim, the beginning, the head, Reish, of the emanations. In other words, uh, let's say Keser of Atzilus. So, the Reish Hanetzolim of Atzilus would be Chochme Bin Adas, all start with Arich, which is the lower Chetzenius of Keser. Atik is called Primisa Keser. Atik is from the word Atik Yemen, Natak, Benivdal, it's removed. And you need both. It's like you think of a teacher, a brilliant teacher teaching a student. So there's the part of the teacher that he relates to the student, and the student relates to the teacher. That's like the Arich within the teacher. The Atik within the teacher is that which remains above the head of the student. The student realizes, yes, I understand some things, but there are many things that I don't understand, that remain above my head. So there's an element that's netak, and that's also necessary. In good learning, when you learn something well, you need to understand, but you also have to know there's more to understand. And if you think you have it all figured out, that's, not a, a, that's, that's a contradiction to growth in learning. Now, a real good teacher is able to balance the two. They help you understand things, but also you always see that there's more. It's like climbing a ladder. You always see there's something higher. So the same thing in Ishtalsus, the Ibishta made it that way, that everything works in this relative way. You grow as far as you can, then you go and see the next step. In Aveda, for example, we say every day in Shema, Bahafta Sashem Lakecha. Doesn't jump right away to Bakhomaidecha. Bakhol Vavcha, Bakhol Nafshcha, Bakhomaidecha. 
Now, if you have a chol meidecha, why don't you say, what do you need b'chol avavcha, chol nafshecha? It doesn't work that way. It's like someone says, I, I think out of the box. But you first have to have a box before you think out of the box. You first have to have, you can't jump beyond yourself if you haven't gone as far as you could do. Once I'm put him, somebody got shikr, and he was behaving in a little, uh, let's call it childish way. So, so, so the Rebbe was like, by Fabreng, put him. So the Rebbe was like, you know, it was, uh, saw that. Uh, you know. So someone said to the Rebbe, and how by Adelayada? That's what he said. I was just like, so the Rebbe said, yada, you know. So someone's held by, you can't just jump to Adelayada without first having Yoda. You have to first have Yadas, and then you can become Lamaila Midas. The point is that everything is Nasedev Hadrogin. So Chitzenius Ak, which is another, I said before, it's like Chochmaklos, also Ak is called Keser Kloli as well. Because it's the Rotson Kloli, like I said, the blueprint or the bird's eye view. So the Rotson Kloli, so Ak also has Chitzenius of Ak, is like the Arich of Seder Ishtalshus. This is a language from my modem. And Primius Ak is the Attic of Seder Ishtalshus. And the, the Maimonim explained, especially there, Nain Gimel, Gimel, that Ak, the Primius Ak is right near the Reishis HaKav. Remember the Kav that comes right after the Tzimtzum. The Reishis HaKav is the most intense part. So the Eitz Chaim says that's Ke'ein Atika Ogaba Galgalta. That even though Atik hasn't yet really formed in the full sense of the word, but the Reishis HaKav is like Atik, and, and my modem explained that's the Primius Ak connects to that. So if you think of it, I don't want to speak in Gashmis again because we're not talking about physical space, but in Indian, Primiyasak is like, touches the higher levels of the beginning of the Kav, and there's Chetzeniyasak, which relates to what comes below. So even when you talk Klal and Prat, you know, we have the Klal, and Klal el Masha Prat, and Prat el Masha Klal. So there's the Prat Sheba Klal, there's the Klal Sheba Prat. Even Halochen, Nigla. So Ak has both. It's the Klal, but it's a Klal that relates to the Pratim. That would be the outer dimension of Ak. And there's the Pratim, how they are more encompassed and they relate to the Klal, which is the premise of Ak. And one more point, and then uh, I think I'll conclude the, the Ak discussion. And that is that you may see Yechzidus commonly referred to Igulim of Ak or Yesher, Igulim and Yesher. I want to just talk, touch upon that. I think I mentioned it already in one of the shiurim, but... So, Igulim Yesha is the Kabbalistic version of saying Seva Vemamala. Exactly the same thing. Igul is a circle, Yesha is a line. Or another way we call it Makif and Pnimi. As we know, these are two forces, two tracks that the Ebishta created. Amala Kalam, Seva Kalam, or Seva Kalam, Amala Kalam, Makif Pnimi, Igulim Yesha. In Eitz Chaim, you're going to see mostly the Loshni Gulim and Yesher, or maybe Makif and Primi sometimes. Sevim Mamala, even though it's from Zehar, uh, but that Chassidus uses more that language. But, it, but it's interchangeable. And the first place when Eitz Chaim talks, since I've been quoting the Eitz Chaim back when we spoke about the Eirein Sof, Lifniat Simtsum, then the Simtsum, and the Rishimu, and the Kav. So what does he say? If you remember, I quoted the Eitz Chaim, he said that the Kav, which is Yesher, Kav is a line. It comes from the eagle, Hagodl. So there you have Yesha and eagle. And I, I once wrote an article that, you know, in, the, in computer language, everything is zeros and ones. A zero is an eagle, and one is a Yesha, is a line. So everything Yesha is eagle and Yesha. So the kav, it says, the zero says, a kav nimshach, the chazer, umisagel. So the kav suddenly turns into a circle. It's like the paintbrush. You're painting, but you're not painting a line. You, you, it creates an eagle. And then he says the Kav is Nimshach further and creates a second eagle until there's ten igulim. So the Kav creates the igulim now, even though eagle is higher than Kav, but it's the Kav that creates the igulim, Bepel. It brings it into Bepel. And which igulim are these first ten igulim? It's called igulim of Ak. Igule Ak. The Makifim of Ak. The Save of Kalman of Ak. But there's also Yesher in Ak. But Yesher, in a way you could say, the Igulim is a Klal, and the Yesher is a Prat. Because the Kav is a line that has Milo Mata, higher and lower, conceptually. Eagle, there's no Milo Mata in the Eagle. What's the top of an Eagle? What's the bottom of an Eagle? No way, you can't point it out. That's why Al-Tadeba says 
that famous question in Hayyem Yem is brought from, from a Maimah from the Alter Rebbe, Tafkuf Samach Beis. He writes, why the people in America don't fall off the earth? And the Alter Rebbe lived in the Chetzik Kader Elyon, where Etz Yisrael is. In the Russia's same Chetzik Kader as Etz Yisrael. Why do Anshe America not fall off the earth? So he says, the scientists say the reason is the Chachmi Ateva because there's a Kaya Chamashicha that everything is drawn to its, uh, like, basically gravity. Some argue whether he means gravity or something else, but I'll call upon him that, people, that everything is nimshech, ala offer. And he says the real biyot is because the oretz is an eagle, and it's nimshech from regulim, and regulim there's no mila mata, but mainly you don't fall off. For them, mila is above their head, so, they, so the earth is there. For us, the mila is above our In other words, an eagle, everybody's on top. Essentially, there's no such thing as a bottom. That's how he explains it without going into the details. Chsidis explains eagle sometimes like a nigan. A nigan, an inyan, doesn't have an, an end. We stop at some point. But a nigan, you keep going, and if you keep singing, it's not like you feel that, uh, oh, we came to the end and you're starting again. It's true, it has different tenuous, and, you, and there's a point where the nigan, you're middle of a nigan. But a nigan is considered like an eagle, like a, like a mochel. A tzaddikim, a mochel, like a circle. And the circle doesn't have a top or a bottom. As a matter of fact, the, the Rebbe's grandfather in, in, uh, in, uh, in his Peter Shan Siddur, why did I forget the name right now? Uh, um, no, he asked, what's, the, what's his name, Peter Shan Siddur? Shara Kail. He says, he asked the question, why do we say Atkan Akofa Alev Simchasteir? Why Atkan, Atkan? So he answers, because Akofa is an eagle. And the eagle has no mile mat, and if you don't say atkan, you'll never stop. So you need to say atkan to make hagbala because the eagle is just going to be nimshach forever. That's what he says. Akaponim, so the makifim of ak essentially is the klav, because in the makif there's no mile mat. The yeshir of ak is the prat. So there you have chetzenius ak relates more to the yeshir, primius ak relates more to the kelo, which is the klav, the, the makif. And there you have how Ak's role play is plays out in Sayyidishtal that allows to have the bit, like I said, Mesiris Nefesh, Nasavanishma, in a world of Hishalkus and Pratim and structure. So that covers Ak, and we'll stop here. Everyone have a very pleasant day.